Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the ANN After Show. I've been off for a week, and now I can't pronounce the name of our show. Um, it's all gone. We've hey, lost all of it. Just right out of my head. Um, with me today is James Beckett from Anime News Network, reviewing in, uh, Made in Abyss for us, along with uh, some other shows this season. Hi, James. How are you holding up? I am hanging in there, so we're just doing okay. Yay. We're all just holding on to that, that tree branch, just... yeah. Hanging in there, yeah. There's a part of me that feels exactly like like Faputa uh, at the end of this week's episode, where I just kind of want to look out at the whole world and, and like scream at them. But there's another part of me that feels like uh, what's his name, Fart Boy, uh, Kaji. Kaji I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just happy to be here and to be with my pals. <laughs> there so. you go. And also with me today is Jackie Jane. She's back from London in the Rings of Power red carpet. How are you doing, Yay. Jackie? I'm good. My toes are fucked up. <laughs> we got saying, Lindsay a and James. really detailed description yeah. of Jackie's feet before the show started. That's premium content. You have to just subscribe to your Patreon to get it. Yeah. But <laughs> Otherwise, it, it might get us demonetized and oh my god yeah um so head on over to patreon.com slash jackie jang to see my feet no i'm kidding um i don't actually make that content i make i make giantess content okay tall girl content you all get it right yeah um but yeah i played in a volleyball tournament and i was telling Lindsay and james that my feet i didn't know that like your feet could get such bad blisters from hot sand but i've learned my lesson the hard way so We'll leave it at that. You said socks. You said you were wearing. And I wore sand socks. But you, I, I'm sure everyone's heard there's like a giant heat wave out here in uh, the LA area. So I've been telling if you guys hear the droning of an AC machine in the background, it's because I'm trying to get AC in my condo and it's literally been 83 degrees in here all day anyway. So yeah. I was but like, like 100 plus, out, 100 yeah. plus outside though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a sauna. Yeah. So you, you got to do what we do with, with our cats when it's really hot, where we just like stick a giant pile of ice cubes in water and they just lick it like all day, like a popsicle. <laughs> That's the only way they can stay cool. And sometimes yeah. I do that too. I'll just get ice cubes and pop them in my mouth. And it's like, okay. This oh, is I thought cool. you were saying you put them in a bowl and lick them. I was like, no, oh, no, I'm a, I am a man. I am a civilized human. <laughs> Are you? Debatable. It's ice cream that I put into a bowl and just lick straight up. There you go. Okay. Understandable. Understandable. It's okay because it's food. Yeah. So uh, this week we're going to be talking about, we've got two news stories and two Made in Abyss episodes that we're going to be talking about. Before we get to that, I want to remind everyone to please subscribe and to also check out our TikTok. Jackie is putting a lot of work into our TikTok. We have a, a minute anime news in a minute sort of program going on there that uh, gets uploaded a couple times a week. So if you want your anime news in short video format, head over to at anime news network on TikTok and see what we got going on there. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Fun. Jackie, so far? <laughs> I mean, I love, um, I think that people have really taken to it so far, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, we could talk about this at length, but just everything's going to short form video now. So, um, you know, we're pivoting with that. We're, we're trying to stay cool and hip, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's almost like it's short form and long form because I've noticed that all of my favorite 
YouTube channels are putting out increasingly long videos. It'll be like uh -huh. a like a ten hour retrospective of like two Yakuza games, and it's like, all right, let's do it. So yeah, YouTube <laughs> is like the opposite. I think that they're trying to like really differentiate differentiate themselves from each other, right? Yeah. Um, but the only problem with YouTube is like it's super hard to grow if, unless you had an audience established a long time ago. Like to become a new YouTuber is like really tough, really tough. But Anyway, we're on TikTok. So yeah. yeah, head over there. You can also find clips from the podcast over there, our, our funniest or most insightful moments. Um, you can also listen to the podcast uh, on uh, audio streaming platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music. Uh, those will go up on Tuesday after our live recording on Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. So with that said, I would like to start with our first news item, which is that one of my favorite shows is finally getting a second season. And that is The Ancient Magic Bride. Jackie, have you watched this? Because I'm going to tell you to watch it. I haven't. But you know how many people have told me that I should? Yeah. So I'm like, I, I, I just know it's a weird guy in a hat, a mask, scary skeletal looking. Okay, face, yeah. Right? I was like, so that's all I know. A hat or a mask. That's just his face. It's just like a... Skull, uh, skull, I know. Elf skull. His name's yeah. uh, Elias. I always want to pronounce it Elias, and I've been told that that's wrong. Elias. So if you haven't watched uh, Ancient Magus Bride, that's just my children. It's normal. Um, <laughs> so is that. Uh, you catch it on Crunchyroll. Uh, the first season was, um, I think, 26-ish episodes, and there's currently an OAV that has the first two episodes out, and the third one's supposed to drop, I think, this month. If Crunchyroll's like, on the up and up with the subtitles that should actually be within the next week or so. But uh, the short and skinny on the story is you have Chise, who's this girl with red hair, who's had the ability to like see magical creatures and they're attracted to her because she's got, she's just got a lot of like magical power within her. She's had a horrible home life. She's got horrible self-esteem issues and she's purchased it's like the one show where I can like lead in with this. And I promise it's not creepy slave stuff. Uh, she's purchased by Elias, who is a high-ranking mage with a, he's super tall, like, I don't know, like nine feet tall, and he has an elk skull, and he basically purchases her to teach her magic. So she ends up learning magic and stuff from him, and he lives with a, a silky, and eventually uh, some other magical creatures, like, start living with them as well, like Ruth, who is both a dog and a, a cute man, and uh, it really taps into, like, a lot of folklore, like, it seems like the author, uh, Corey Yamazaki, is it Yamazaki? Yeah, Corey Yamazaki uh, really knows her stuff as far as, like, uh, Welsh and, and British and European folklore. Wasn't um, she also behind the, um, uh, the, the, the movie, or not the movie, the OVA that just came out recently that uh, Wit did? Was that um, her as well? No, that's a different, no. that's Nagabe, who does okay. uh, Girl from the Other Side, which is also great and has similar vibes. So. Okay. That might, um, that, might, that might have been what I was thinking. She does have another manga called uh, Frau Faust, which is like okay. kind of story, like the Faustian legend, but Faust is a woman in that one. Um, yeah, animated by Wit Studio. The first season of the animated by Wit Studio looks gorgeous. Um, there's dragons, <laughs> if you're into dragons. There's evil creatures, all kinds of, you know, cool stuff going on. It's got different little arcs in it but also it's about you know she says growth and learning to like love and accept herself for who she is and find value in herself um, and it kind of touches on toxic relationships and stuff too they've since made a new studio called studio kafka which um shares a lot of the staff of the people who worked at wit studio 
They're the ones who's making the OAV and we'll be making the second season where Chisei goes to magic college. Cool. So, you know, like Hogwarts, but without all the baggage of Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just like really super excited for it. James, I don't know if you watched the first season or not. I watched a little bit of it. That's one that um, my wife is, she goes bananas for European folklore. Yeah. Um, I'm half convinced that she is a changeling and <laughs> that she's just trying to connect to her roots. That's how yeah. she loves it. So yeah. um, that's one that I watched with her for a little bit. And I think uh, I want to say that around the time the show came out, it was just one of those shows where we got a little distracted from it and yeah. I haven't gone back to it since we haven't really had the time to sit down, but I actually just saw this news story today and I, I leaned over and I told her like, Hey, we should totally get back into this because uh, the show is sick. Yeah. And there's going to be more. So yeah, <laughs> this is Chisei going to college. Um, and at the end of the first season, you know, she's got a new hand. It's not her original hand. So it looks like this. I don't want to give away spoilers. Yeah. Um, so now she's going to be going to magic college and, uh, getting up to new sh shenanigans there so is there so like is there like a seasons? romance thing between her and elias or is it more of a there a so that's kind of what i touched on with the like toxic relationship part because elias is sort of like he does become kind of possessive of her in a way um like he's fostering growth for her and he has like he's looking out for her in a lot of ways that no one has before but then when she starts sort of wanting to push her independence some issues start showing up like he originally doesn't want her to go to college and like doesn't even tell her about the option and like kills the messenger that's trying to like offer her the opportunity and things like that but that all comes to like a huge conflict towards the end where she has to like assert herself to him and um it's really good so Sweet. uh jackie you were asking if it was two seasons or yeah it's one season, but the, that season is like 26 episodes. And then there's the OAV, which is going to be three episodes. Okay. Sorry, I made the mistake when I drink soda on this podcast and then it makes me burp and I really just shouldn't. And then <laughs> it's too one. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted, if you guys, you know, haven't watched that, definitely do. It's a really, really good show. Uh, it's got a lot of really good emotional stakes. A lot of, there's some pretty good action in it or magic sequences. It's got a really good villain too. Um, yeah, Love Joseph. a good villain. Would you say that the OAVs like production wise hold up to like the what original? we're doing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I want to rewatch the OAVs once the third episode's out all at, all at once. Um, Cause it's just sort of like a side story. But as far as the main series goes, yeah, Jackie, the villain is like effed up. It's got a little bit of like, made in abyss vibes with the villain like he's oh he's, he's like really he's, bad he's like really fucked up yeah. so oh my god does he turn okay. into a penis a penis monster he doesn't no <laughs> no there's shape-shifting involved and all other kinds of you know like um uh graphing of body parts and gross stuff like that so yeah yeah definitely definitely yes very pleasant <laughs> And then the second bit of news, I only saw it as uh, we started the show up today and wanted to give a shout out. Reki Kawahara is starting a new series, which like if you're a fan of Sword Art Online and Excel World, like that's kind of big news. Um, so I wanted to touch on it. It's called uh, Demon's Crest. And let me pull up the visual here real quick. Hmm. Oh, wait. Are those the only two other like main series that he's had? Uh, no, he has one other one. Oh my gosh, what is it called? 
I was gonna say Excelsior, but that's wrong because that's like Stanley. But the name of it is similar to that. You know, I can just like click on Reki Kalahara's name in Anime News Network's encyclopedia. Most of this is sort of online spinoffs. The Isolator is one of his other novel series. Okay. So he's got Sword Art Online, Excel World, The Isolator, and now this one's called Demon's Crest. But it's got um, character designs by the same person who did uh, K-On, which, you know, those are pretty... They look cute. Characters look cute. Set in a mixed reality game that combines virtual reality, and we just got the weirdest... Okay. Someone just gave us 15 bucks because they said they missed us. Um, thanks, <laughs> Thank Mr. Marmello, for the fifteen dollars. That's very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this this series is about a sixth grader named Yuma Ashihara who marvels at an MMO born from new technology that already kind of sounds like Sword Art Online. Actually, um, he has an avatar enveloped by a strange red light. He loses consciousness, and when he awakens, he's in a new world where the VM, VR MMO has combined with the real world. So it does seem like he's borrowing some parts of Sword Art Online, but instead of being trapped in another world in a video game, um, the, video the video game is coming to Yeah, the, the video game world. and the real world are merging together. I don't... Okay, and the... Something different, I guess. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of, I could see there being some interesting dynamics. Oh, I like this part. The really hot girl her appearance has changed her into something resembling one of the game's monsters. Okay, but is she still going to be like a sexy monster? Because then this is <laughs> yeah, no, I, bet, I bet she's going to have like going to be a monster. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking like, at I'm like, sure. if you look at the, the visual here, you can see their game versions down in the reflection in the water, and they don't look monster-like. One looks like a witch, one looks like a priest, so... If she ended up looking like one of the hollows from the village and made an abyss, that would be brave. <laughs> she just looked like a giant blob of flesh. But that's basically what happened to Arumi, right? Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. Sorry. Now let's just get sad and start talking about made in the abyss. So we're gonna go over episode eight and nine today because we weren't here last week, and I watched. By the way, Lindsay, we got shredded on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. No. Actually, you didn't get shredded because you were you were just like, has Maiden Abyss gone too far? And then I went off saying that it did, and people in the comments were like, y'all are babies. This is why we gatekeep. You guys shouldn't be watching anime. Like, I don't even want to read y'all the comments on here. It's like hilarious. It got 11,000 views though, so our short form hey. video tactics are working. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're like, well, they don't watch it, scum. Like, I'm like, Okay. First of all, we've been was... watching anime since before most of y'all little toads were born. Yeah. Okay? Yes. So yes. don't even. Uh, and second of all, we're we're not even saying don't watch the show. Yeah. yeah. So I said that it's just gotten really, really sad and it makes me almost like not want to watch it. Sure, but we're right. still here doing yeah. the podcast on it, people. So we are watching. Yeah. And yes, we are the auntie and uncles of anime. So don't you forget it. Yeah. Okay. Now that, now let's post on my that. Name. Let's post that on TikTok and get shredded some more by Gen Z, and I don't know who else is on there. Jokes on all of you. Gen Z is nice too. Getting Whoever it is, is my turn on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so um, 
has made an abyss gone too far. <laughs> Round four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, did, we didn't. We we're catching up on two episodes, right? You said yes. that, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. we're we're starting with you know the episode where we find out that Wazukan is just killing the babies while they're still alive and feeding them to everyone, and Bailiff is having you know a attack of conscience that is killing him inside and. Waco wants to die. Um. Yeah, yeah. Waco wants to and die. And like James, I, I mean, James probably has a synopsis on it, but yeah. I'm like, Yermie was turned into an ant hill, basically, with a hole. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. I Just mean, that's a lot went down in kind of last the synopsis. Year. Is you know, everyone's eating babies, and Bailoff's not okay with it, and Waco is also not okay with it, but she's also not willing to. She she wants to kill herself and to. Basically, she tries to kill herself. She does multiple times, but she keeps getting the indication that you know Iremui wants her to to stick around, and yeah. so um, she does. But um, none of that stops the uh, the fate that is waiting for Iremui, which is to become a giant screaming flesh pillar slash literally the village that everyone lives in. Um, after transforming all of their bodies into weird genital monsters through the power of insane abyss magic. And also maybe Wazukyan's wish. Uh, that part is still like a little unclear, but he he, he got his hands on a wish egg. It's, there's a lot happening and most of it is screaming. So yeah. I think like the best way to summarize it is like we figured out that the village is Arumi, right? I hope I'm saying her name right. Yeah. Um, and like Papa is about to fuck people up really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like she's just found she's been waiting to get in there, and like this is about to go down. This For is so sad. Why would you years. even why would you even show this, Lindsay? This is so sad. I hate this image. It's the only one from the episode that James had that he sent me. Yeah, that... James of all the images. I'm like, oh of, of her like status at the that's like that's all she is. Yeah, she's barely, she's barely even got a face. It's like so sad. I'm like, yeah. There are no good pictures of Iramui left to, to have. She's no, just... it's so sad. I feel so bad for her. And I it's feel so like so bad. I also <laughs> saw Stewie, Stewie Griffin. In Griffin in there. Yes, it does look like Stewie Griffin's face. That's upsetting too. Like oh God. Um, you all are sick. <laughs> as if that was not bad enough, and then you have to make that. Comparison. They said you were babies, sure. all right. I'm just Brian, saying. Brian, do I have anything on my face, Brian? <laughs> Did I get anything on my face? Oh my god. No, I just want to recast where Brian is like Waco and Peter is Wazukan. Oh yeah, just get Seth McFarlane in here to redub the episode. That would be uh, oh my god. That would be a thing. That would be genius, amazing. actually. Yes. Yeah. 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 So oh. I feel like of the two episodes, there's a couple of points that we have to hit. Like yeah. one is, you know. Uh, Iremui's sort of arc, I feel like, from where she started when she first got her wish to where she supposedly is by the end of it based on what Fakuta thinks as her only surviving offspring. Um, we gotta talk about Wazukyan. We gotta talk about Bailiff. We gotta talk about Waco, because actually she might be the person I'm the most pissed at. And then um, Rico a little bit, too. Um, just like kind of where all of them are at mentally in this show. Um, so I guess the first question I want to put out there is like, do you 
think that Aramir. Again, it's just children, and it's completely. Just, wait, they're, Lindsay's kiddos. They're giving us an audio recap of most of the soundtrack of, from Maiden yeah, Abyss. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think uh, Faputa is accurately representing? Iramui's feelings by the end of it. Do you think, because that's kind of where I feel like this is going to go, where like Papata is going to be like, I'm my mother's rage and you know, I'm getting revenge for her. And somehow it's going to come out that Iramui doesn't really hate all the villagers. She sees them all as her children because she transformed all of them. And if that happens, I'll actually be kind of mad because I think they should burn the village to the ground. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, no. I think... So I think the really I think the moral of this arc or one of the one of the kind of thematic underpinnings really of the whole show but ever since especially ever since we met Bondrude is yeah. that the the things that really twist and corrupt and ruin everything in the abyss are people specifically adults right mm -hmm. the things yeah. that that people you know the hurt that they put on other people the um the way that they exploit other people Right. I mean, as, as awful as it was, I think there's a reason that this season opened with Waco being assaulted by uh, Doraemo because it's. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that too. Yeah. Sorry. But I think, I think the running theme is that the, the, the pain and the anguish that these characters are made to feel is, is it's always external, right? It's always from some other force, some other human force. And I think what we find out in episode eight is that. Um, and kind of my running theory of like what happened with Iramiri is that whatever wish she might have had to, you know, protect the village and whatnot, that pure wish that they kind of supposed that a child would be able to have, it was kind of, I don't want to say contaminated, but it was intermingled with this, this other wish, which was born from the shame and the sadness that she felt from being rejected and thrown out of the village. Mm -hmm. by the by her mother by the adults right by the right. society that that cast her out and that's what kind of caused her her mind to be or i guess her soul to be kind of complicated and hurt and like complex enough to make that wish get sort of twisted mm -hmm. and i think that fapata is kind of an extension of that where because of what the episodes sort of imply about how wazukan has meddled with iramiwi even further with with yeah. more of the wishing eggs yeah. that um that she would not have this, this anger and this hatred inside of her if it weren't for him, right? And if it weren't mm -hmm. for the, the other adults that went along with, with, um, with what he did. And so I, I think truly that when, when Vueco almost happily says, like, I'm so glad that you never forgave us. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I was so glad to see that, like, you never forgave any of this. I think yeah. that, I think that's, I think the show is going to commit to that. Like, I really do think that, like, that they that the village is screwed because Fapita is here to make sure that none of them are able to forget what they did to to Irimiri. But that's kind of my take on it. I don't think they're going to go back. Have you it. read ahead, James, or no? Um, I I, I read you... ahead a teeny bit on accident once because I was trying to figure out um how to which character was named what, and I, I ended up finding out what happened to Irimiri. But as far as but you're um, like not beyond what we've seen. No, okay. no. I mean, I have like guesses based on some of the stuff that I saw as far as like, and really, I think I don't even think I saw all the way up to um, to to this week's episode. I just uh, I think I, like okay, so like I I don't know. I was gonna see if if what I said had any validity or not, but I guess they're kind of like the same area as us. I almost feel like Iram Yui wanted 
Fapita to like escape all this evilness. And that's why she like with her last ditch effort, like she made Fapita and Fapita is like a pretty exceptional being, right? Yeah. Uh, like we've heard that repeatedly, but she's not allowed to go and touch these evil people. So like, I almost feel like her mother wanted her to like have this great life and be free of this evilness. Yeah. And it just shows you, I think that it just shows you that this is cheesy, but revenge and anger will, will destroy you. You know what I mean? And it's like sh her mother wanted her to be free of all this, but she's just filled with so much anger and revenge. She's literally going into what her mother, I think, did not want her to go into at all. And because there's that membrane that she's not yeah, supposed to be able to literally cross. Red has to destroy yeah. it for her to get and so into she's the she's literally, literally physically hurting herself to go mm -hmm. in there. And then she's going to go in there and, and destroy all those people. And then she's going to be emotionally destroyed because the repercussions of killing a bunch of penis shaped monsters, I'm sure has <laughs> some repercussions along yeah. those lines. But um, I, I just think it's, we're really, we're, I think we're going to see something really tragic. I, I feel like I, I'm not sure how it's going to end up, but it's like, I feel like Arumi did not want Fapa to, to be doing any of this. I think like Arumi was like, okay, with my last ditch effort, like here is like my everything. And you are going to be this like celestial being and you're going to be free of all these awful people. And like, you're going to be able to like flourish in this world that you're in. Right. Cause like she, the monsters are scared of her and she has all like, she's, you know, just and like, she's an whole, like she yeah, she's S tier. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like she's being dr literally dragged down by anger and revenge. And it's it's like just it's sad. And I, that yeah. sounds like so cheesy, like, I don't know, cheesy college thesis that a 23-year-old would say. But it's just like I do think that like this is all going to get really, really sad. And that hope that I, I just hope that I, I want Fapada to fulfill her mom's dream and like have a good life. And like now I'm like kind of sad because like. One, she ripped off her damn ear. And then yeah. now she's, she's, it, the last thing we saw her was like going at them with like full revenge, which was also, they, the villagers looked like happy. Was that just me? They were like, oh, Fapita's here. Or were they scared shitless? I wasn't really <laughs> sure what was going on. I was like, y'all should be running right now. What I kind of got from that was that they, kind of treat her like she like you said like a celestial being like they towards the end of it Iramui almost became like a deity to them because she was providing them with what they you know food and shelter and all these sort of things so there was a couple like still shots where it seemed almost like they kind of worshipped Iramui towards the end there so I think they also see Fapita as sort of a, a divine creature as well so when she first shows up they're all like but yeah, you know, and then she's like, "No, I'm here to rain death upon all y'all." So, well, and remember too that Wazukan has been like, even you know, when in in, in this in episode eight when uh, when Irmi returns into the big pillar gate thing mm -hmm. and like transforms Bailoff into a dragon and all that, you know, Wazukan is is presenting it almost as like a religious transformation. Like, yeah. let's offer our bodies and our souls to our queen, yeah. and so. He's you know, off his damn rock. Yeah, they don't have like they don't yeah. seem to have any real understanding of the pain that they've caused Jeremyui. Mm -hmm. um, he's yeah. completely unhinged. I feel like like yeah, I feel like he's not. he's been down there too long and drinking the shit water, whatever the fuck was going <laughs> on, you know. Like, and I just think he's completely unhinged. He doesn't even like. I do think he almost sees her 
he he forgot that she's like a human being you know what i mean like i think he just sees her as like some vessel like of that's gonna like you you were saying james like it, he's just totally brainwashed he's like yes offer up your bodies and you guys are gonna go through here and it's like a different level of awakening or you know what i mean and it's like i i just don't even think that that's it, it at all i think they've just been torturing this girl like you said and like she's i, I don't even but i do feel like i do feel like arumi she doesn't have ill will towards them. I feel like she's very, um, she's like hurt. She's in a lot of pain. They've been stealing her children, but like she also like turned them, but I don't feel like she turned them as punishment. I feel like Arumi is so powerful that she could have done something negative. Like she's, she's become a home for them, you know, which is kind yeah. of, she's almost become a mother to them, which is like right. kind of crazy, you know? So it's like, I'm, I just feel like I, I just am really, really sad because I, I feel like she does not want this for Fapita. Like what's about to go down with Fapita. I just feel like that's not anything Arumi wanted, you know? Well, I think kind of to what James was saying last time we were on here about Wazukan being more like a cult leader figure, you know, for him, all of what's going on is just in service of like maintaining his facade as a prophet. So like whenever anything doesn't go exactly according to plan he has to act like it was intended on you know in the first place so like when one of those beasts come down and they just grab a random villager and like take off in the air he's like well try not to get in the fray of anything you know like he yeah. did, he's not really bothered he kind of see i think i feel like he sees all the people he's in charge of as just potential sacrifices or tools to you know whatever he's, he's doing like bond he yes he doesn't really have like any like real emotional attachment to any of them and we see that again with uh Waco because she one of the times that she considers killing herself she's you know gonna walk off this cliff and Wazukyan's you know like oh you know he, he's kind of passive at first but she's like if I die as one of the three sages it fucks up your entire prophecy right like yeah. it ruins your prophecy if I die so of course he saves her when she tries to fall and then to prevent her from ever being able to well maybe not ever but make it less easy for her to kill herself he puts her in that pit and like kind of like chains her up with all the like unborn babies inside of Irmui so that they're like you know connected or whatever and it's mm -hmm. intended to basically keep her in her place so that she can't screw any anything up for him and I think I mean and I think even because I think you're absolutely right where a lot of it is about his ego mm -hmm. and I think um, there's a line in this episode that really does reveal how much of this is to him a means to an end because he, he tells Waco like, what do you think this place does to people who do nothing but pray? You know, it's like people call me a prophet, but you see what happens to people that, that believe in prophets down here, they get killed. So yeah. if you want to survive, you have to take action. And for him, that action was everything that happened to Iramui. And I, I think that not only would it screw with his ego, but my reading on the, um, on that second suicide attempt from Voiko was that she also realized, and I think Wazakian says something to the effect that if she dies, then any reason that Iramui would have to keep this village going would, would basically be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then she would probably just live. die too. And so yeah. in order for the rest of them to keep, to keep going and in order for, you know, Wazukan to stay alive, um, Voiko has to stay trapped down there too, because otherwise the whole, you know, the, the, the whole village will come crumbling down and the, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Or explode or melt or, you know, whatever your is going to do when she decides to stop being a village. 
Yeah. So I wonder what's going to happen to Waco, to be honest. So I have like mixed feelings about both Waco and Wazukyan. Um, because we hate Wazukyan. Like, yeah. That's not, there's yeah. no mixed feelings there. Yeah. We do not well, like him. It's more like what I think the story will do with him. So oh, after okay. we had everything with Von Druid, you know, come out and then he didn't get like defeated, defeated at the end of that arc. I'm hesitant about what's about to happen in the next episode because it's like, yo, so I'd like Wazukyan to like just get murdered. Can we just like murder him or something? You know, I think this village is a sad facade and kind of needs. I want a Rumi to like come back and and then um, but change switch forms with Wazukyan and he's like stuck as a giant penis pillar like in the middle of the abyss for the rest of his life. Yeah, and he'd he'd have to live for centuries just as a giant penis pillar. Like the village gets to keep, <laughs> the village gets to keep existing, but Wazukyan loses all to be, freedom. Yeah, he yeah. like he needs to have a really bad ending. And yeah. Bondrew better have like the worst ending possible because like in the movie when they almost killed him, I was like, yeah. I don't want him to die this quickly. So I guess like though I really want him dead, I uh, I'm like I'm hoping he has a really miserable end. Anyway, moving so on. I, I guess yeah, I guess what my concern is like that there won't be some kind of like end for Wazukyan that I'll feel satisfied with because I wasn't satisfied with the ending for Bondrew. So I'm just sort of like. The Bondrew's not dead, dead, right? Right. Like, yeah. Oh, no, so, he's like, fine. He's, he's yeah. still doing He's still his lab, even. Like, I just... mean, it's just so fucking confusing because he has, like, the clones of him and everything. Right, so, right. like, but, um, yeah, he needs to have, like, a very, very awful, fucking painful, terrible ending. And Do you think they'll even bring him back, though? Because it's kind of seemed like once they went down further layers, I'm like, are we just done with Bondrew then? He just gets to stay up on the fifth layer and do his shit. like, And do his awful which experiments was, and yeah which was unsatisfying for me like as a narrative i was like you know um that that didn't like fulfill my, my he has to justice. come back bondrude is such is such an evil villain there's no way that he would there's no way that he would just be there doing his experiments and they're not going to come for him if that if that does and like that i will not be happy with the storyline yeah. at all i agree with you like bondrude has to come to a vicious end very awful, terrible yeah. ending for him. Yeah. So yeah, I just Wazukan's don't know. Right, I just yeah. don't know if Wazukan's gonna get his just desserts, I guess. And I want him to. And if maybe a Disney villain it. death, he'll fall off a cliff or fall <laughs> off some tall building and have a dramatic fall. Like, you know, laser beamed or eaten by that giant dragon thing that we've seen that just sort of walks around the thing that kind of looks like a giraffe. You know, yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay. Oh, with the, that. The, the the turbaned uh, the turbaned dragon thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would be okay away. with that if he's like slowly digested for centuries by like slow dripping acid in yeah. the in the creature's stomach. Then I'd be okay. I guess I just which don't sounds want... very made in abyss like, right? Yeah, like, like that could happen. So yeah, I get what what made me nervous about whether like this will have a satisfying wrap up for me was there's the part where. Rico finds out everything Wazukyan has done from Waco. And then he's like, he says, he talks to her about it. And she's like, I don't really know you, you know. Like, she doesn't pass any kind of judgment on him. Because she's just like, well, I'm like, what do, what do you, you just heard a whole story yeah, about him yeah. making everybody eat babies. Rico, I mean, maybe you would have ate the babies too, knowing that, you know, <laughs> knowing her appetite, anything. Yeah. But I was just like, she just seemed to like, not be that upset by any of it and since Rico is our protagonist that we're kind of like experiencing this world through 
my worry is that her not seeing it as much of a big deal is supposed to prep us for a forgiveness or like him getting a pass or something. And I don't want him to get a pass. I'm not okay with no, he's not really getting bad. a pass. So. I wonder if like yeah, a I always wonder if it's gonna, more. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go, go. Oh, I was just thinking. I wonder if it's more. I think something that for Rico's character, I think one of her defining traits has been just kind of an acceptance of like what the abyss is as far as like, you know, things, these things could kill me. These things could not. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I wonder how much of it is like her kind of realizing that this is so far beyond her scope of like what she can affect or understand that she doesn't like, I almost wonder if for Rico, it's like, it, it's, it's too far beyond her to even like get like personally angry about, you know what I mean? Where it's like, these are like these um, like immortal uh, centuries old creatures that have like gone through some insane, ridiculous nonsense and trying to like reconcile the fact that like she's made friends with the villagers that are still alive. Although they had to do pretty horrible things to survive, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I think you're right that it is. I wonder if maybe they're trying not to distract from Fapita. Like they don't want like too many characters getting like super pissed and angry at Wazukian since Fapita is kind of embodying all of that. But I also yeah. agree that Rico's because we have seen her get mad, right? Like she was furious with Bondrude, but she, she also got really mad, you know, and we've seen like big emotional outbursts from her, like when she lost the whistle and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I just, Rick, Rico's kind of oblivious sometimes. I think that, like, she heard all that, but, like, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know how, never mind. I was, like, going to be, like, she already had an established relationship with Wazakin, so maybe she thinks he's changed or something. But then I'm just, like, I don't know. If I heard that about anybody, I'd be, like, yo, can you give, like, a, yeah. uh, like, a, some sort of explanation as to what the <laughs> fuck I just heard, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then I also am like, she's just really little, so you know, and young, so maybe it's just like it just didn't. Pro she didn't process it, so. And she does not if she not if she would have processed that shit and been pissed. That's all yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah, but Rico, well, I think is a little different. Yeah, on, at the very least, like not being honest about his intentions. Like, right. She does call, like, like you still want to go adventuring, like yeah, you know, and you'll uh, sacrifice anyone to do it. So why are you trying to sit here and pretend that that all you care about is making this village happy and safe when what you really want to do is to keep going? What so, if Fapita you know, kills Wazakan or like like slowly cuts him up and feeds him to the villagers? Wow. See, that'd be karma. Maybe yeah. I should write Maiden of Abyss. <laughs> just kidding. No, yeah. I would. I would do way too many terrible things to Bondrud and Wazuken. It wouldn't be able to be published. So I don't know. They've gotten away with a lot already. Gosh, that's true, that's true. yes, they have. Yes, they have. What do you guys think about one of the things that I also didn't like, <laughs> but like just as a narrative standpoint or whatever? So the the creature that's like the protector of the village that shows up is a version of Bueco's rapist. Yeah. Why? Why did it, why? Why did, what do we need that for exactly? I think so that like, yeah, I don't really know the logic behind it. I, I James probably has a reason to, I was just going to say that I think like, didn't they say something James? Like it was 
that uh, Arumi knew that this was like a memory that was constantly torturing Vuego. And so that was like, why? But I don't yeah. know why that would yeah. be. Well, my, then why make it that 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 the name is so traumatizing right? yeah exactly yeah. i mean my thinking was that you know because again like irimui isn't conscious anymore right like she doesn't yeah. as, like multiple characters are kind of confirmed that like she's not really like Sentient. aware or alive in the way that we would would think of it she's yeah. more of a more of a, like a creature of like will um and and whatever way that means and the way i interpreted it was that you know, because Voiko's like literally kind of hooked up to her to Iremu's brain, and yeah. so their their signals are constantly getting crossed, and it it almost sounded like the 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 village was like digging through Voiko's mind to look for like the most terrifying thing it could come up with to like to come up with a scary terrifying monster to like keep the village safe, yeah. and that Joraimo was the most the scariest thing that Voiko knew. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then, and and I think it's, and again, this is not like this is, the, I'm not saying that this is like a 100% great message, but they've constantly gone back to this idea that like everything that has ever happened to you is is valuable, you know, like that you that that the bad things, the good things, the gross things, the sad things, all of those things can be turned into something valuable. Mm -hmm. um, and they really emphasize that it's not really Jeroimo, it's like her, like it's it's a manifestation of like what he represents. Okay. And I think the story is going for something like, you know, because of the weird twisted like magic of this place, you know, even like the worst thing that ever happened to you was able to be turned into a source of protection and strength for these for these people for your village right that's a really positive way to view it yeah it's yeah. messy especially when we're talking about something like assault yeah. but but it's like I, she survived it and so and it, it did make her a stronger person i mean vueco is like one of the most resilient characters that we've seen she's just i'm like damn you know I don't even um, know if she's still sane at this point. Like she yeah, said that. I, and it's so yeah. weird. She's like so like she's so calm and collected and kind. And you're just you're 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 saying to yourself, how are you like this after <laughs> everything that you've been through? But yeah. yeah, I don't know how she gets by. Like parts of me find her a little bit frustrating just because but it, like in an understandable way, considering everything she's been through, she definitely seems like someone who has kind of withdrawn a lot as far as like i mean she seems like a depressed person to me definitely like, yeah. yeah so i see that and then so there are parts of stuff that's like happening in this episode where i just like want her to get mad and like you know like really like just oh like come because she has every reason to be and then she doesn't and then i'm like no stop like just sinking into yourself further because i mean she stayed down in that pit for like over 200 years I know. 150, I, know. I think. Yeah, two, well. yeah. 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 And then she's just like, although, oh, hi. When who showed up? Who showed up? Yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah. She's just like, oh, hello. Like, I was just like, like, you're wearing underwear on your head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This show's super weird. Sometimes. I did want to bring this up, though, because um, someone pointed it out to me online. And then I've been playing the Made in Abyss game. And it right. actually it kind of reinforces this. Okay. Is that, um, it's been mentioned a few times that, like, the actual like act of 
like the discovery and the exploration of the abyss has been going on for almost like 2000 years. Oh, okay. Um, and it's not entirely clear, like when they say discovery, they mean literally the first people that ever came to the island or when like the larger world beyond Orth like discovered it. Yeah. But um, it's uh, Nanachi and I think a couple other characters have mentioned that time works differently in the abyss. Mm. Like the further down you go, it gets like dilated. Okay. And so I, I did, I was um, interested when uh, Wazikian made like a specific point to say that like we, we, we founded this village about 150 years ago. And so all the stuff that happened at the Iremiri was for them like 150 years. But yeah. for the surface, it's been possibly up to like 2000 years. Oh, okay. So dilated so, in that way. I was thinking it was yeah. maybe like faster, um, higher up, but you meet, you're saying it's like even slower higher up yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. um, like a, yeah like a interstellar basically oh okay yeah we had we had a couple of good comments um someone wrote a comfy slime wrote rico does say she doesn't know him but she does like the village that was about wazuken mm -hmm. um which i thought was like okay i mean still not a great answer but like okay she is there for the village um and and then comfy slime said it's really reg who has the power to change things and his arc is all about him realizing he has to make a choice mm -hmm. so i'm like this has got to be i'm feeling like between fapata and rico right yeah, yeah we know reg's gonna pass out like, and how do reg and fapata know each other they haven't really i mean it's yeah. from, it's from a time before he lost his memories and was found by rico so there's like there's, there's absolutely nothing like i'm just like i'm like what what is going on there, yeah you know i mean we know so, that there was a whole bunch of machines down there when um wazukyan and them got there i mean because they captured some of them although they didn't capture reg but there were machines kind of patrolling around but then one of the things that's unique about reg compared to other machines is that he can traverse layers where usually they would just assign a machine to a specific layer and that they kind of just like scouted around there so at some point after fapita is born she meets reg she's immortal so part of me wonders if she can also you know go up and down through the layers she may have met him on a completely different layer of the abyss That's or true. something yeah i wonder if she could even live outside of it if she's yeah. immortal I, yeah we don't i just know she's like it doesn't seem like she's mean, affected by right? the curse at all no yeah and she's like also, like, I I mean, not that this matters, but it's, like, she just, like, looks super cool. And, like, yeah. all the other hollows look so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. just, like, I don't know. Like I said, I think her mom was just, like, you're going to be, like, ex this exceptional being in absolutely every way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I, I do wonder if she is able to, like, bounce around and do whatever. And, I mean ideally i mean like i i would love for her to become a part of the crew i'd love for her to join nanachi and Mitty, and they all go skipping down the yellow brick road everybody together but i, I just like they I shared something that kind of sounded like that might happen there was a line in there yeah where they talked about oh my god by the way her, like, that was flesh. that was voico that was she was saying like like i i hope that someday you get to go on an adventure right. of your own like you get right to, yeah you know. wait was that right after she was born i think so yeah and when they said that, i was like oh is that foreshadowing is she gonna team up with them but we've already got one furry Aww. friend you know but hey, i mean there's always i'm down for more. more furry friends yeah, yeah. i, I, I thought it is really cute even though she yeah. did poke um reg 
like in his guts, but whatever. He's he's rag. Can I also yeah. just say that we we haven't had many occasions this season to talk about like cool stuff because most of it has been suffering and anguish. Yeah. But um, Fapita's entrance to the village this week, especially yeah. with Kevin Pinkett's amazing score. Oh yeah. It's it was the badass. hypest I felt since the movie. I was like, yes. Yeah. When yeah. she's like, I'm about to fuck y'all up that yeah. moment. And then she's yeah. like, and she looks like, uh, like she always looks like a little girl to me, but then like, she looked like straight beast in that yeah. moment. Like that it was, was really like, good. yeah, it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh. And then it ended and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like why don't leave me on that. Yeah. Um, also, Theo, thought, but... Theo said, side note, anyone else find it fascinating how Bailiff literally lost it over eating and consuming things? And then his transformed version is being obsessed with that, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, yeah, because but... I think part of his guilt is about the fact that it tasted good. Like, yeah. like I, think uh, if it tasted, I think if it tasted bad, but he had to eat it to survive, his conscience would, would be able to level with that a little more. But... When he acknowledges that he also liked how it tastes, that like it screws him up. Yeah. And, like, yeah. That I hate it. like yeah. it's I felt so I honestly it's interesting because when we met um Bailiff as a monster, I was just like, what happened to this great character? Because I, I love Bailiff. Um when we first met him. He was like yeah. took Waco under his wing and like gave her some you know, confidence a little yeah. bit, you know, I, and I really liked him. And so then when we saw what he transformed into, I was just like, what the fuck, you know? Like, why is um, yeah. And um, I mean, I do think that I remember we talked about in one of the episodes that we weren't like thrilled with Bailiff because didn't he say that he, he wanted them to keep on drinking the water or something? I forgot. There was a decision yeah, made he, that we he knew not... there was stuff up with the water, but yeah. he kept bringing it to them. He didn't tell them about it. Yeah, and he we kept having like, those moments where he was just like spying on Voiko and Irim Yui, and we were like, "We're like, what's going on there? Why is he? Why is he keep eavesdropping on them? Like, is he being shady? Like, he just kind of was. He was giving me like sneaky vibes, like he was going to betray them. Or yeah, something, you know? but then, so I agree with you. Like, I kept on getting like Bailiff has to be pretty evil, but then we saw that he was like the first one to be like, "I'm so sorry," like and yeah. apologizing, and yeah. the first one to essentially sacrifice himself would offer himself whatever is going yeah. on there so i don't know it's just like bailiff there's a lot of complexity with this character now because like now i'm just like okay well as you all have repeatedly said you become like some derivative of like your worst desire right so like mm -hmm. for him it was that he wanted to just like keep on consuming the little i don't even want to say that out loud the, the little, little roomy baby. Yeah, like, the little, little so rabbit loaves. Yeah. Oh little God. rabbit loaves. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. This is I such think a he, sad anime. Yeah. I think he felt real bad about that. And I think it was uh, Theo who said, you know, that it was interesting that his monster form seems kind of obsessed with not food, but, you know, um, consuming. Yeah. Consuming. So that's sort of like, Kind of tapping into that but i don't know if that, that still again like makes me question like is this really like everyone becoming their base desire or sometimes their base desire is like kind of an obsessive guilt you know 
Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's something that they feel really guilty about, right? That yeah. is something they have shame about, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it was like a lot, and a lot of them are sexual, right? Yeah. Because people have shame around their, I forgot, they all had weird things. Well, one of, the, one of them liked to touch soft, fluffy stuff. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But maybe he, they had shame about that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's actually interesting. Maybe it was more like they turn into something that they have a lot of shame about. So they can like express it freely without the shame now that they're in like a yeah. non-human form like they're not held to which again makes anymore. me feel like arumi does not want revenge and to kill all of them yeah you know what i mean like i feel like i do think that she probably views the villagers in some way as her children like i do, I do think that, that was yeah. kind of coded into the episode so yeah. i feel like fapita will get corrected on that i just hope it's after wazukan's dead also yeah, maybe so. she just kills wazukan and then oh uh, Theo brought this part up, and I, I thought it was really cute when it was happening, too. She started, like, gnawing on his cheek a little bit, and it was, yeah. The characters like, are so cute yeah. and going through the saddest shit. Yeah. You're like, like the animators are like, you know what? This is really heavy. So let's just make everything look. We're going to put really nice landscapes in the background. Yeah. And we're just going to make the characters really cute. Yeah. And we're going to make some of them look like puppet fart machines and others like penises with saggy butts and yeah. puppy eyes. And it'll all work out. Okay. So bringing up our favorite least favorite monster ma no, i'm a ma stan at this point james, I'm sorry. No, james is it james loves ma he's Look, like said it like the last couple episodes they're trying their best okay Red ma. Ma i am kind Rico of feeling the best ma can do is just like flail and be like nah I'm yeah like, i'm like ma is just so sad like at first we didn't understand why ma decided to squeeze what is the little thing on Ma's head right now? Mania. Mania. Mania, yeah. Mania apparently is forgiven Ma because they just hang out together. They're buddies now. now, yeah. I don't Weird. know how, but sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to know you guys' thoughts better. because Reg's like, hey, I'm going to pass out like any minute now. So, Ma, I need you to like watch over Rico and also you I know. Like, watch over okay, the one with the. And Ma's like, yeah. Like, his like no skin arm or whatever what the hell's going on there yeah. Lindsay? don't say what it looks like we, i don't want to hear it again but um yeah i'm just i don't know what ma's gonna do hopefully ma like can go super saiyan and and like there's some there's some leveling up that we're unaware of what if ma just you know like it's like a tokusatsu ma just like you know gets huge same exact looking but just much much bigger so there's just a giant saggy butt y'all I would straight I up 100 okay with that. No, that James, automatic five out of five. No, automatic, no, <laughs> don't use tear. Say that. If we get a kaiju fight between Ma and like I don't know a giant Wazukian, yeah, <laughs> Ma's oh, like, yeah. Ah! yes. Especially if they just Ma's like built real life suits. They just built like, an actual live action set and just filmed it like an old Godzilla movie just for the hell of it. It'd be the yes. best anime ever made. Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Like all of a sudden it's just being filmed in like um the Painted Valley. Yeah. Of the United States. You know what? I, I would be... thought this looked like painted the Painted Valley. I would actually love a Ma versus Wazuken. Yeah. Kaiju fight. That would yeah. actually be pretty epic, and I would be here for it. So Wazuken can just shoot some sort of weird laser out of his mouth or something i don't know or just gnaw with his weird teeth Lindsay, i thought you were gonna say something way nope. worse than that i mean mom's one little like middle buck teeth <laughs> does look pretty sharp i feel like i could do i know I, I i was just thinking it the buck teeth are real sharp 
Beat her, someone up. Also, yeah. mom must have incredible strength to be able to squeeze. That would actually be somewhat of a satisfying ending if Ma squeezes Wazuken to death. I would actually I would actually be okay with that ending for yeah. Wazuken. Am I wrong, Lindsay? That no, no, pretty 100%. Awful. I would uh, take back anything mean I ever said about Ma and his <laughs> arm and his butt if he distributes justice against oh i will say one of the things that i i learned um trying to look up which character was rich earlier as i was looking at like a little trivia section and um and i could be wrong about this so feel free to connect the internet but i think that um the manga author confirmed that ma is a girl it's one of like the few characters that he's specifically gendered as a girl why Interesting. Just, 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 you know, just for funsies, just let you know that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Ma! Ma, I mean, you know. Hire me for the dub, guys. Ma! That'll be my only. By the way, I read Ma on, um, like, some website, the description, and they're like, Ma resembles a sheet ghost having a round-shaped body with fabric-like folds at the bottom <laughs> that I she used think... to walk. Like, let's <laughs> not. Ma does not look like a sheet ghost. No, we no. know what Ma looks like. We all know what Ma <laughs> looks like. That's very cute that they tried to say that that's what constantly she, drooling. No, Ma, Ma definitely. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm shout gonna out to the uh, shout out to the localization crew for um, always giving Ma's dialogue subtitles <laughs> every know. time. Like just Aww. just in case you didn't understand what Ma was saying, it was Ma. It was Ma. I definitely thought that Ma was a guy, though. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go, everybody. That's the inside scoop. <laughs> That's the inside scoop. Oh, man. Ma's, yeah. Yeah. James, we have a couple <laughs> minutes left. Not, yeah. 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 And yeah. I want to, you did play the Maiden Abyss game. Um, and yeah. I wanted yeah, to know, like, so we're, yeah, so... Tell us a little bit about that. I just kind of want to know, like, th where does it take place in the storyline? Is it just like... So that is an interesting question. Um, and I'm glad I could I can briefly talk about this because this is an important PSA for any Maiden Abyss fans that are uh, planning on playing the game. There are two gameplay modes uh, and you have to beat the first one in order to unlock the other. The first one is called um, Hello Abyss. And it is um, just a retelling of the anime story. Although only up until episode seven six or seven it's right up until they say goodbye to ozen after their little training arc okay. so they don't even mean anaji um, okay, it, okay and it's just a straight recap um it's like two hours long and it's it's a very i'm a little i'm almost wondering if they if they made it that way out of like some kind of contractual obligation because oh. if you've seen the show there's literally nothing in it it's just the story of the anime but less good because it's in like little Visual game snippets, yeah. But the second mode, which is like tens of hours longer, like it's oh, okay. it's that it's the game, okay. um, and not just the tutorial. It's called the Deep in Abyss, and you actually you get to make like an OC, like a little original cave raider, and it takes place. Are you a furry, James? No, it, you know you have to be a person. Oh. If I could have made a Nanachi, I would. Like, yeah. Lie, but uh, no, 
uh, yeah, you have to make a little a little uh, orphan at the the same orphanage that um, Reg and Rico attended. Um, and it, it's not clear. I can't remember if they specified exactly how long after Reg and Rico went down, but it's after they've left. Okay. And you're actually you're interacting with all of the like you interacting with all of the anime characters, and you're actually getting to like spend a lot of time in Orth oh, um, and kind of experience like what actual like cave raiding is like and what the the culture of the city is like and um you get like cool lore tidbits about like bondrood and the other white whistles and um but that's all in an original story um that was at least planned by the manga author okay. um so i don't know if it's canon per se but it's at least like lore accurate okay. and um I'm, uh, that story is significantly longer because I'm probably about 10 hours into that and I'm not even halfway through, I don't think. I'm on layer two. Oh, okay. Five, so. oh, okay. So you get to go down. You you will end up stopping at the fifth layer in that. There will be Bondrude, um, yeah. as far as I can tell, because oh. he has he has an in-game model. Um, mm, so maybe you can kill him for me, James. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I don't get turned into a cartridge, but we will yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, God. That'd be terrible if you died in the game and then it's like game over and you're like a bloody cartridge like a yeah. stripping out. And that's like the good ending. That's like actually like someone <laughs> should actually like make that like you know like pixel like back like in the yeah 90s, like it's an like arcade it's like counting yeah. down from ten yeah ten. Not, I used to love Street Fighter and like Chun Li yeah. would be like all beat up and they'd be like, do you want to continue? And she was like, you know. <laughs> so then you'd just be a cartridge dripping blood and it'd yeah. be like ten. Nine. You put another coin in, it opens, and then you yeah. become a person again and come out of the cartridge. Then you Sailor Moon transform into a little <laughs> orphan again. We're sick. We're all sick. Yeah. We're, we're all done. This show has ruined us. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, all right, guys. Man. I think that pretty much wraps it for our Made in the Abyss uh, talk for this week. We will be back next week at the same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, to continue to talk about Made in the Abyss. Also, we're planning. Um, at the end of this month for our trailer watch party. So look forward to more details on that. I'm working on it. There's a lot of shows. I say that every season, but there's no, like a this lot. This fall is going to be an apocalypse of amazing anime. It is pro It is a problem. I don't know how we're going to... We have Gundam. We have Mob Psycho. We have freaking Chainsaw Man. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. There's yeah, so we got a lot going on. It's true. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll have a, an exact date and time for that coming soon. But until then, thank you guys for joining us again this week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.